Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. Sammy Callahan. The one know each other under Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hey, yeah. Hello and welcome to Broken but Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Hustle Malone. How are you doing this evening, Hustle? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on, brother. So, huge thanks for joining me this evening. So, um, how are you surviving lockdown? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing all right. Uh, going mental in cabin fever like everybody else is, but um, yeah. <laughs> t- time is time. So, you know, the clock doesn't stop moving. So you can use it to the best of your ability. Or you can let it go by. So uh, I'm trying to use it to the best of my ability. Well, so I'm guessing it's it's a good time to rest your body and evaluate how what's worked well this year, what's worked not so well, so you can tweak your characters a bit for when you return. Yeah, this is it. I, I repackaged my character like uh, early <laughs> March. I had, I had one fucking match, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then the whole world was like, yeah, no more shows. And I was like, oh, but I just, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been binging any series? I've nearly finished Parks and Rec. Um, I'm on like, oh, yeah, the last couple of episodes of Parks and Rec with like, and it, it, every now and again a celebrity pops up, like Paul Rudd pops up and you're like, oh, nice, of course you're here. Yeah, <laughs> I watched on Netflix. There's a show called Messiah, and it's like a ten part series, and it was great. And then I go online afterwards to find out, like, yo, like, when's the new season out? And they were like, yeah, people in Palestine were offended by the show, so they've just pulled it. And I was like, but it was so good. Is that the Brazilian one? Uh, it's American. It's an American show, and it's yeah. got like, uh, what's the name of the main actress? They've got like big name actors and actresses in it. Um. Yeah, I don't think it's Brazilian. I think it's American. But uh, yeah, it was great. It's a really good ten-part series. But I guess that's all she wrote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm loving the Mandalorian. I've been watching a lot of Disney and FX all the kids and stuff. I, I got all Disney out a couple of weeks ago. I was just got, we'll watch like three or four films a day. I was just like, oh, there's only so much Disney I can handle. Um, Whilst I was waiting for my work computer to come. So, <laughs> me and um, me and my missus have been watching Mandalorian, but we're at like. Yeah. So we got to like episode five or six, and I don't know, man. It's just it's every episode just feels very samey. Like let's go somewhere, right? Oh look, emissions coming. Uh, you, you yeah. hold the baby, and then you and he jogs off and does something, and then he comes back and he takes the baby and he jogs on again. Yeah, episode seven's very good. I'll give it. I'll give it to something happens happen. back to it. Yeah, you might as well. It's only three episodes left, so you might as well just watch those. <laughs> things only ten, ten in the series. I was through. <laughs> What about on the wrestling side of things? Have you been watching any wrestling? Or? Uh, I've been super busy. So, yeah, for me, content is king. So I yeah. have been producing a bunch of little videos that maybe don't have a promotions affiliation. So I did a video where I did a promo equivalent of Babe Station. So it was like right. shaking okay. the phone and like call up now to get promoed at. And like I did a bunch of stuff like that. And I'm, I'm working on some more complex stuff. At the same time, my aim is to have a promo out during quarantine for every promotion that i work for and i've got about halfway done i've, I've done about like four or five promos already and i've still got the rest okay. of it written and, and as i sit talk to you like i'm covered in face paint because i haven't had enough time to rub <laughs> paint off after one i've just shot um i've also been studying like crazy i've been studying at the been taking the online courses at the hustle school in london i've been taking yeah. mike, mike quackenbush from chikara he's been doing loads of wow. online yeah. And I'm studying there, and and like between those two places, like I'm just soaking up knowledge like a sponge. I've been loving it. Have you been watching any wrestling, or just? Yeah, I've been trying to. I've been trying to search out niche stuff. Oh, like, it's okay. Sometimes you'll follow uh, a path, and you'll come across something really niche. So, so like, um, I've been watching the really early NXT, not when it was a game show, when it got repackaged into like a show, and it had the you know, uh, the FCW stuff. Yeah, yeah. Once it had the oh, actual yeah. NXT name, and it was like, right, here's yes. a show, here's a weekly show. So it's like Curtis Axel. You get to see the debuts of of Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, and the debut of uh, you know the Shield guys. Uh, and it's, it's cool. Weird. I haven't seen like um, 
Kurt Saxel in the main event and Jinder Mahal like the main event against Seth Rollins and the put them up. Like, yeah, like <laughs> competitive matches against each other instead of so. I, I found out this stat today in Jinder's first stint in WWE, he wrestled 179 matches and he only won 12. Uh, yes. And when they moved him <laughs> to NXT, they they like put him on this crazy winning streak and he was doing well. But the reason is is that he would eventually got to put over Seth Rollins in the final. So it's all in, yeah. a means to an end, but yeah, it's good TV. Yeah, I'd recommend going watching an FCW because it's weird. Cause you get, the first match is like the, the Canadian bad boy, Sean Spears, and in the main event, you've got Jake Hagar. And you're like, this is just AEW. Is, um, <laughs> is that FCW on the network? No. Um, it's on YouTube. Somebody's made a playlist oh. of every episode. But it's it's weird. It's, 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 it's like it's called, called Cabanas on that one as well. I think it's three matches and it's got an AW guy in each match from like 2008. I'm the Breaker, Kyle Kingsley, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. We might as well go back to the beginning. So, um, who was your favourite wrestler growing up? Uh, growing up, it would be The Undertaker. I think he debuted, oh, yeah. he debuted a couple of days before I was born. Um, so I've always, I'm born in November, so I've always got a connection to Undertaker and Survivor Series, and, and yeah, I've always loved that. 20 days old, and was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, and his ability to, to change his character and, and reinvent and not look similar one year to the other year is, is definitely evident in, in mm. my work, I think, anyway. Uh, but I didn't start watching wrestling until, like I played like video games and stuff, but even then, like if you don't know wrestling, the video games just seem like I mean Street Fighter, they just seem like Tekken. Mm. Um yeah. first thing I really remember is Steve Austin trying to find out who hit him with a car. Uh and I remember just how badass he was and walking around to the locker room and being like, you know, walking up to guys and being like, If you're lying to me, I'll know and I'll come back and I'll beat yes. you. And it's a great story. Uh, I think that was about 2001 ish, was it? Yeah, 2001. I, I can't remember how long he was out, but yeah. And then the other thing is when you look at the stuff with him and Vince, I think everybody to an extent has a, has some sort of relationship with authority in their life, whether it be like your parents or, or your boss or, or whatever. Mm. And he was like the only guy in the world who was allowed to beat the shit out of his boss and he got paid for it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you you had an interesting way into wrestling. You didn't. Did you start off one as bit? You started off as a photographer. So did you get into it thinking that'd be a way into wrestling, or not at all? No. Not in the slightest. No. So uh, I wanted to be a videographer. I got like a, a Sony Ericsson something when I was fifteen, and it was two yeah. megapixels, which now is like nothing. But back then was like two megapixels on a phone. That's amazing. So, yeah, I remember, I remember my Nokia could hold 10 photos and we're like, oh, could hold 10 photos? Wow. <laughs> when I look at those photos now, if I'm able to find them, like they're, they're shocking. But, um, but that yeah. kind of went on a road and I, I bought a camera and over time I wanted to, um, I wanted to be known as good at, at what I do. So I, I took the mentality yes. of, right, well, I'm in Leighton Buzzard, which is a small town, however many thousand people. I want to be known for, photography and videography so i worked with a free runner who like that's parkour i worked with uh djs beatboxers uh athletes of every kind you know personal trainers i worked with country singers dancers everybody and then a bouncer from uh just a, a nightclub in leighton buzzard a nightclub which mm. uh, uh in the end was actually ran by harvey dale who runs hope wrestling so another really weird oh connection. wow just at a different yeah. time. Like at one point he was the bouncer and another point Dale was behind the bar. That's where I first met Dale years ago. But uh, this bouncer tagged me in a wrestler's Facebook status as he's just looking for somebody to film wrestling shows. And I was like, oh my fucking God. So <laughs> I contacted this guy, uh, <laughs> first guy in this guy's inbox. And I was like, look, this is what I'll do. I'll make it look all nice. I can whatever. So I was just filming the shows. Um, and I had a knowledge of wrestling, obviously. So like if somebody's geeing up for a dive, I knew yeah. when move out of the way and I knew you know when to not shoot and when to you know pan to this stuff and I would pick up little bits just from hearing guys backstage so I would hear guys plan or I would see see a run sheet 
and you know the interest was there but even then i still really didn't think i could do it i still you know i was happy enough going out to the pub with my girlfriend at the time and buying drinks and being like can you believe wrestling paid for these drinks like that's wow. amazing. <laughs> like that was mind-blowing i was like wrestling bought this lamb shank <laughs> but so what yeah. actually prompted you to donate to get into the ring then? Uh, so even in even weirder twist of fate, um, at the time I was working at a nursery, uh, like a, like looking after kids from six weeks to five years. Oh wow! I worked there with uh, I got Chase Williams from Team Mad. I got him a job as well, and yeah, we used to look after. We were like the, the only two men in a staff of thirty six, and the kids like the kids loved us because. A lot of them might not have father figures or, or parents are working a lot or working in London, so they don't see them that much. And they always used to joke because once a week they would have like a staff, um, I guess, what can we call it? Like a jazzercise night. So this woman would come oh, in and all the staff at the nursery. And this was a mix from like outside of me and Christian. Some of the girls were like 18, 19, just training from college. Some of them were like in their twenties and thirties. Some of them were up to like you know old biddies up to their sixties. They would yeah. come in and do like okay, everybody jazz hands, everybody shimmy, everybody you know shadow box, and like me and Christian joked around like well, me and Chase we joked around and we we're like oh mate, let's do that. That'd be jokes. Let's go one night. So we did it. We had a we had a great time. It was hilarious. And yeah. then we briefly mentioned it to one of the wrestlers uh, at the show, and he was like, why don't you just come to training? And I was like, yeah, uh, uh, that's a good point. <laughs> I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't put it together. So in my head, like I, I kind of coerced Chase into it as well. And like in my head, I just wanted to do one session to just see what it was like. The same way I did this jazzercise class just to see what it was like. So I did the class, uh, did a, a wrestling session. Some things uh, I picked up pretty well from training. Other things I picked up from performing and you know i used to do a bit of motivational speaking so that helped me in the character yeah. stuff and you know heat on and being able to spread time and and work a crowd and stuff like that and then it was just like all right well we might as well go next week and we kept going yeah. and in my head i only ever wanted one match and then i had one match and i was like ah, right, that was pretty cool uh it'd be cool to win a belt and you know show my grandkids a photo of me with a belt and then i kept going and i won a belt and then it was like right now i want to win and then by that point i mean <laughs> There's no escape. <laughs> Did you, with Undertaker being your favourite wrestler, was that who you wanted to mould your star around when you started training, or did you have an idea of a character when you started? Around the time I was training, uh, my interest was like, well, I mean, to be honest, because I'd been told, like, all right, well, your mouthpiece work, you know, your promo work can really help you here. And I started yeah. paying more attention to the business and seeing, like, okay, well, you can control a crowd without having to kill themselves. Uh, by that point, I was fully in on CM Punk. <laughs> CM Punk was the guy. Um, and, and the other thing as well is like he was the first, I would say he was like the first indie name who came in and was allowed to keep being an indie name. Like they let him keep yeah. his name. They let him, they kept him as CM Punk. They didn't repackage him with some fucking dorky name. Uh, he kept most of his moves there. He had that really indie influence on him. So, um, yeah, when I started, I, I was CM Punk all day. Takes back to your first match. What do you remember about it in hindsight? Would you have changed anything about it? And did you did you enjoy it? Would you go back and watch it? Or? So, like most wrestlers, my first match was a rumble. Yeah. Um, so, the wrestling promotion that was down south at the time that I I started training with, they closed before I was able to make it onto a show. Ah. Closed a couple of months later. Uh, another promotion or another training school opened up. And Hope said, hey, do you want to be Hope MK? You know, do you want to be our Milton Keynes branch? So it was almost like a whole new crop of trainees were coming up at the same time. And a bunch of us made our, I guess, our pro debuts at the same time. So this would be people like Ashley Dunn, who done backyarding. But this was oh, just, wow. yeah. just him yeah. doing shows. Jay Garner, who does a lot of the IPW shows, did a lot of the IPW shows. Mm -hmm. um, L. Jeff, uh, who else is there? All a team mad except Danny Mayhem. Mayhem had been around for a little while. So because it was almost like this this whole territory was having a coming out party, the Rumble was half filled with, with veterans who had been around before and half filled with us that were pretty new to it. But because I'd started off in Team Mad and we started off as a faction, 
my first night, I was out like four times. <laughs> like oh, they wow. needed a run in, in the main, <laughs> and they needed a run in in the main event. So they were like, right, who got heat tonight? Team Mad, we'll send them. Right, and I was like, oh my god, we got heat! It's my first night. Like, just so excited. <laughs> like, uh, Danny Mayhem, who'd, who'd been wrestling like two years or something before that, he had a match. Yeah. And I was begging, I was like, please let me do a promo. Let me do a promo. Um, and I'd done, I'd cut promos online and and to like basically persuade the coaches in like like please let me have a goal, let me have a goal. And it's crazy seeing how different your character grows over time because my yes. prompts then were were <laughs> a different breed to what I try to do now. But then I hear they're all very motivational speaking based, but from a heel perspective. I hear that. Back then it was um, so Team Mad, motivating, dangerous. It spawns from the motivational uh, motivational speaker, like real life influence. And the idea was back yeah. in, you know, follow us if you want to get your life on track. Uh, and if you don't follow us, we'll kick the shit out of you. So <laughs> our first promo, I had a little book of Kanye West quotes. And I said, yes, uh, that's all it was, yeah. we'd, we'd all, uh, can everybody please lower their heads? And uh, let's hear from the, the book of Kanye. And then Danny and Chase were like, praise be to Kanye. And um, the quote was, the greatest tragedy of my career is that I will never be able to see myself perform live. <laughs> and to, to me, like, sure, I was in the Rumble and that was my debut. But to me, the the promo was my debut because that was the thing I was nervous about. Like, yeah. unless you're Brock Lesnar, how many people go, he had a great Rumble? You either have a, a you either go out like Titus and you have a shit Rumble or you, you're Brock and you have a great Rumble. And that's very occasionally. And everybody else is just in it. Yeah, you only turn to remember who goes up first, New York, who, who wins. Usually. And even then, like if you're in there for 40 minutes and you spent 40 minutes just sitting in the corner getting stomped and and half shittily lifting somebody's leg over the rope, just because you did 40 minutes doesn't mean it was a good 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone tells Bob Backlund, 93, he was in the Rumble for 50-odd minutes, but he didn't do anything in the Rumble. <laughs> and they can come to the back and you can be like, great performance, but like... You can tell there's a workhorse in the Rumble when every new guy that comes in, somebody who's been in there for a while runs forward and takes a big move off him. Um, so like yes. one guy who's a real work, a guy you've had on before, Kyle Kingsley. Uh, I was in a Rumble with him and he like he came in early and like every guy that came out, he took a move off him. And I was like, you must have bumped like 300 times tonight. That's a workhorse. I could see him coming to a rumble and just backbreaker and I thought I was like ten people in the room. He'll come out and he'll, he'll give it to everybody, but he'll uh, he'll definitely take it on the on the way out. <laughs> cool. So where did the hustle moniker come from? So Malone is my real last name. Uh Hustle I'm a big fan of a, a guy on YouTube, his name is Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V. Gary is like Mark Zuckerberg, but All right. But for business, right? And he's more straight to the point. So this guy, he uh, he talks about work rate. He I like in terms of the motivational field, it's very split because mm. one half of that field is like wish and believe in the power of you, and like you know, yeah. For some people, reading books like The Secret, it works for them. And my philosophy is whatever works for you, wicked. Use it, milk it till the cows come home, right? The other side of motivation is like grind and logic and like, let's get fucking to it. And I remember I watched a really old keynote of his and he said, if you're not where you want to be, complaining isn't going to get you anywhere. Stop fucking no. watching Lost. <laughs> or like, oh, you can't complain about your position in anything, in, in British no. wrestling, in podcasting, at work. You can't complain about anything if you dick half your time away on video games or on TV. And I know everybody needs a bit of a, you know, you need some release time as well. You need some self-care time, absolutely. But you can't have the controller in your hand and then be like, oh, I wish I was in more places. Well, that time is, every second is yours. And he used to talk about hustle a lot. He was like, you can't cheat the hustle. Like, you can post on Facebook, like, I'm the man. You can put Instagram pictures up of your weights and put hashtag grind. But at the end of the day, you can't cheat the hustle because the hustle will prove you Real or it'll prove you fake. Right, so every time I see you, you look slightly different. So you, you have a, you got, I think you just had a big beard the first time I saw you, and then you had face paint. I think you had a mask. 
And then the other day I saw you on YouTube dressed as a penguin. <laughs> so, so, how has your character evolved over the years? Uh, the penguin was a very unique one-off. Um, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll tell a small side story on the penguin before I get to the other ones, right? Okay, cool, uh, yeah. So, uh, Hope Wrestling was doing a rumble, and they said, Harvey Dale said, I want everybody, sorry, I want everybody to cut a promo for this thing. So I did a promo which was a parody of Into the Spider-Verse. So Into the yes. Hustle-Verse, I sit down with all of these different Hustle Malones. And, you know, one of them is like Hustle from the past. One of them yeah. is like Business Hustle. One of them is Hustle with tits. You know, and then Penguin Hustle yeah. in the corner because that was the <laughs> random outfit I had. So I yeah. cut the promo and everybody keeps talking. To, like that, The Penguin is the only thing that people keep bringing up to me. So I said to Harvey, look, wrestling shows that people pull out all the time. This is a rumble show. It's yeah. definitely going to have some. Come on. Somebody's got to pull out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. every couple of days, uh, I kept checking in with him. I was like, if anybody pulls out, I'll go out and then I'll come back as the penguin or something. Right. And every couple of days, he's like, nobody yet. Nobody yet. Show day comes around and nobody's pulled out. And I'm horrified because I've got this oh. pink costume in the boot and I'm heartbroken. And then he goes, Oh, Luna Rox's opponent pulled out. Do you want to wrestle Luna? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so I came out to a dubstep trap remix of the Pingu theme. Uh, yeah. Tim Lee does like a street clothes gimmick where he's this kind of like weird Scottish, but also kind of country, wears a t-shirt on his head. He's got like a weird gimmick as well. So I was like, can I add Tim to the match? And he was like, Absolutely. <laughs> So in this match, I did like, I pecked her in the eye, I did a penguin slap, I waddled to break up a pin, um, and the penguin is currently undefeated, so I'll, I'll just leave that little one there. Uh, <laughs> if, if Undertaker wants to do this at Mania, we can do it. But yeah, in terms, of, in terms of the other looks, I would hate to look at a photo from five years ago and it look exactly the same. Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. in wrestling... Like, I had some people very early on in my career, uh, you know, I was lucky that I had promo and mic experience before I'd started. So some people heard, okay, he can talk. Is he any good in the ring? And when I started, I was shit. Of course I was shit, because I, start, I just started. Um, you know, I definitely wasn't a ring guy when I began. And some people looked at the beginning, saw what I was like then, and then have decided to never look again. And I think people are like that in everything, you know, if you, if you don't like the first Coldplay album. You might not listen to their next eight albums because you think, oh, I know what Coldplay sound like. But you don't take into consideration how much a person trains in that time, how much they work, how much they watch, who they've who they've wrestled and who they've learned from in that time. So I would hate for someone to go, oh, Hustle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him wrestle like four years ago in a working men's club against somebody random before he trained with anybody good, before he'd done anything. And I know what he's like now. I know what he's like. And I think changing up the look visually keeps me interested, keeps me excited, but it also helps to reaffirm, you know, change happens here. These are different stages of a person here. What form of media do we ever get to see somebody's first of anything, right? Like yeah. any, like if a team brings out somebody from their youth team and they're, this kid's like 17, 18, it's not their first football match, is it? No. If you hear a song from an artist and it's their first song you've heard from them, They've probably made about a thousand songs by that point. It ain't their first goal. Definitely. Yeah. But wrestling, you get to see their first match live in color and like. But um, you made a massive imp impact on my son when we first saw you in Wrestle Island. Wasn't it about June, July 2017? Because he was wearing his AJ Styles gloves and he puts hand on because he didn't know whether you're a face or a heel. And you ripped his AJ Styles glove off, threw it on the floor, and stamped on it. Dude, <laughs> 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 in his face, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. You definitely knew. Yeah, you definitely knew you're a heel from then on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no miscommunication there. No, it was dead confused because we missed the show, and then we came back, and you were a face. Like, what happened at the last show? <laughs> so, <laughs> you remember oh, this horrible exactly. guy to this. Yo, this is man like the reason you're listening to Broken Glorious. So I've asked the um, Wrestle Island group and the Sacrifice Wrestling group some questions. Mm. So uh, Graham Fisher asks um, where the inspiration came from for your wrestling character. Uh, 
I always thought of it in my head as like a cross between Charles Bronson and Tyler Durden. Yes. Okay. I, like, yeah, it's that kind of like, um, I know the way, I know the way forward. You want to change your life. You know, what's wrong? You've got, you know, you haven't got a girlfriend, you haven't got a job, you've, your life's falling apart. I know the way. Uh, but with that kind of like culty undertone, but also that kind of like, well, we could not talk and I could just headbutt you instead as well. <laughs> Is that what you'd be doing ever? Will you ever do motivational videos again? I I stopped doing the videos around the time. Well, I mean, wrestling just, just kind of took over for me. But then again, um, I mean, I don't see how or, or why not my character might not gravitate towards that way again in the future. Um, like when I used to think in my head uh, when I was a cameraman what my gimmick would be like. It's completely different to anything I've done so far. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I might, I might go back to that and, and play with that again one day. Uh, Mad Dog, Mike Angus, says, what, sure. what, What's in that little jar of smoke he has, chemical-wise? Look, Mike, Mike, it's not for sale, right? <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not FDA approved. It is not a remedy for any illnesses or pandemics going around. Please, I know it's the only thing we haven't tried. Please don't touch it, Mike. <laughs> Stay at bay, or I'll throw your glove on the floor and I'll stamp on that too. <laughs> um, Nick Cooper, uh, Dream, Brit Rest appearance. Uh, who's still here? Right, who's still here? Um, in terms of British wrestlers, I love Marty Skull. Um, yes, I know he. I know he's not over here as often, but I, I love Marty Skull, and I think he's he's fantastic in the ring uh he he's innovated so much without having to do anything crazy like people think when it comes to innovating in wrestling you have to come up with some new crazy move where like oh you tuck that hand there and you turn that there and instead of going like this you got innovation can be small things innovation can be like uh super kick just kidding that is such a (laughs) but it's very him um something like the chicken wing which hasn't been seen as a finisher in in god knows how long He's made it deadly, absolutely fucking deadly. Um, so for his creativity and, and his online videos and stuff that he did as well, um, yeah, track down the, um, I guess, like an introduction promo that he did. It's a, it's a video of him like in the mask and with the umbrella. He's on like a beach. Um, if you haven't seen it, track it down because it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so I guess I'd say him, but if we're talking about people that are here, um, Actually, one other cheeky one, I guess. Uh, really early on, I wrestled Tyson T-Bone. Oh, wow, yeah. When I had no business. I worked him in a T-Mad three-on-one gauntlet, and he beat Chase with a pile driver. He beat Danny with a tombstone, and then I got <laughs> qualified. I did nothing. I fucking hell, I shat myself when I, when I found out I was facing him. Uh, <laughs> And then afterwards, I was like, do you mind if we cut a promo on you afterwards? Like, all we did, like the most offense we got on him is we stomped him like 60 times across yeah. the night. Um, and he was like, yeah, sure. And I made this promo and it was like a parody of Hotline Bling by Drake. It was like, call me on my T-bone. And to his massive credit, like he shared it round. And I got messages from workers, like big names that were like, hey, T-bone linked me that video. It was amazing. Well done. And for someone who was brand new and he met me for like a total of like what like twenty minutes, he absolutely didn't have to do that. And it's it's so nice. Like it was literally probably my first or second hope match ever, like four and a half oh, years wow. ago. Um and dear God, I'd love to wrestle him again to show him that I can actually wrestle now. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, really, he really met me at the bottom of the barrel. Uh but I, yeah, I, I'd love to wrestle him again to just be like, it's been a long time since then. Let's actually have a fucking good match. I've, I've met him backstage. Not to say backstage. I've met him at a convention once. And he was like, he's a really nice guy. But I don't know if he enjoys speaking to me because I was pretty drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he was, um, when I first started running charity shows, he was a, uh, he was the one of the first guys that reached out and said he'd work for me. Oh, great. Wow. <laughs> Um, he also asked if you could insert yourself into any era of WWE stroke F um, and pick a feud. What, who, when, why? <laughs> I was thinking about this one today, actually. So, 
as much as like as much as everyone could say the attitude era and i'm sure the attitude era would be cool because everybody else was like very on the fly with their promos and there was a lot more i guess verbal freedom wrestling is growing in a positive direction even if people want to be salty about it wrestling's growing yes. in a positive direction every day now nowadays wrestlers can build up their characters with promos and with online work nowadays wrestling is more open to the indie scenes than it ever has which is which is amazing um you know we with little stuff with the rumble like with with orton and nia Jax, we have more intergender wrestling than we ever have you know you look at uh nxt uk it's an avenue that so many guys never had before so i don't know i don't know if it's a bit of a cop-out answer but i kind of really fucking like now yes uh, <laughs> i completely agree <laughs> but I, I do like Going back, from a WWE perspective, I do, maybe go off, I do like go back and watch the early 90s stuff. I thought I that's just nostalgia for when we all look kids and stuff. But yeah, I love the British scene at the moment. And I wish mm. I just could see more if I just had more money, so go watch more. <laughs> uh, Ollie Spring, when will, when will the world hear about the legend of the goose that night we went the wild of magenta? No one will ever hear about goose. Goose is uh, Goose is gone. Goose is Ollie Spring. Ollie Spring. Um, no one about Goose. Moving on swiftly. <laughs> uh, primal mystery. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. How can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> what a nice man. What a lovely man. And a very good graphic designer. Go to him for your merch. Yeah. Primal mystery. Yes. <laughs> Um, Tom Patterson, uh, why did you call up Mr. Charles Crowley? Well, there's there's two sides to this, isn't it? Uh, I said to you before the podcast, I don't really do in-character podcasts. Yeah. Um, maybe if I get signed to WWE, that will that will change. But at the minute, I, I do not like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, 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 in the real world, uh, I really like Charles Crowley. Uh, I really like the guy, Charles Crowley. Um, I can't because it's so polar opposites. So it should make it go for a really interesting match. There's the polar opposites. When you think about who posts online wrestling content, there's maybe I mean, like like promos. When it comes to regular mm. promos, there is probably five to ten regular people in the UK. Um, myself and Crowley, Spike Trevay talks quite often online. Um, I mean, like, often? Like, there's not that many guys. No. And I would love a feud or a story with somebody who can reply to me. I can cut something, and they can be like, two weeks later, it can be like, right, I saw your video. It's a counterpoint one. Fuck you. Like, I'd love to <laughs> um, In terms of an in-character reason why I've called out Charles Crowley, uh, like I said, I'm cutting promos for every promotion I work for. So just keep your ear to the floor because that one's uh, that one's written and it's going to be a doozy. Attention passengers, this is your captain, Tommy Kyle, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. I've, I've binged the Show Day podcast over the last 10 days. It's a great show, great concept. Where did you come up with the idea for it? I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, obviously it started off with one concept and now it's it's quite a different one. Um mm. So it started off with, uh, for anyone who hasn't heard it before, on show day, I will ask one question. So the question might be like, what's the most nervous you've ever been before a match? And I will yes. walk around to four or five people on the day and just get their little snippet of it. And then when it comes to the actual podcast that you listen to, I'll maybe say a little bit between each one to give you some backstory like, so this day I was at SWA and, you know, this was the match I had and then I chatted to my opponent. Here you go. And um, honestly, I I want to focus my energy on my bigger wrestling projects. So yes, uh, I like doing creative, like creative out of the box stuff. So like last year, I did a first person horror movie with me and Warren Banks. Oh wow! So like, I strapped a head cam, I strapped like a camera to his head, and we filmed it like a home invasion. So it's like. 
him in his living room and he's watching TV and then something weird happens at the window and something weird happens. So he runs out and then like we had to because it was like head cam and there's no real sly editing we can do. We had to do the whole thing in like one five minute take. And oh, it was like wow. Break in and like me hitting on the windows and like, right, he's at the kitchen counter. That means I go to the back door and like, you know, I, I like the big, um, creative things. Um, as I said, I'm sitting here like with face paint on and stuff, but a different kind of face paint than I normally have because it lends itself to the, the gimmick yes. that I've got now. I've just installed, uh, LED lights around my spare room because I've been using this, uh, Another thing I'm doing on lockdown is I'm teaching myself to be better at self-portrait photography because I love the great work of people like uh, Y2 Gray, Ollie Sandler, um, you know, the great photographers across this country, you know, mm. Rob Brazier, uh, Robin Godding. Um, I'd love to be able to shoot that stuff on myself in my house. So I bought these LED strips that go around the room and I try and make each project unique. And the idea with the Show Day podcast is it's something that doesn't take extra time when I'm there anyway. Like no. if I'm turning up to a show four hours early, because I'm turning up to help with the ring and then I want to know what I'm doing and then I want to have a run around the ring before I start. Well, it doesn't take extra time. It isn't, I don't need to pencil out any time to be able to do that. It's just half an hour afterwards to edit it together and record some little in between bits and, and there it is. But as there's no shows, it's quite hard to do the show day podcast. <laughs> I'm guessing you had an idea of who was on the show, but did you know in advance who you'll be entering each show? Not at all. Uh, I would turn up, because the thing is, is some days shows can be crazy. Uh, some days you turn up and you're on first, but you're also in a segment on fourth, and then you're doing a run-in uh, on fifth, and oh look, main event <laughs> rumble, so you need to be in that as well. Uh, wow. <laughs> there are some days that there's just no fucking time to do it. So, um, I, I turn up and I do my bits at the wrestling show. And then if I've got a spare half an hour free or a spare five minutes free or like, all right, I'm not doing that till the main. I've got a little bit of time. I look around and I see who, because the thing is as well, it's like I might try and um, on the, on one of the last ones I did SWA and I yeah. tried to get, I wanted to get chief deputy done because he's a great guy and he's super interesting and I really like him. And I finish as soon as I finish my match, his opponent had just turned up and they were on in two matches time. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm not going to get him now. And then my lift was like, I'm not feeling well. Can I go home? So I was like, right, right. Well, I, I can't get him on as much as I want to pencil it in my head. Mm. Everything about this podcast is, is on the fly in here and live. So why not? <laughs> yeah. As you said, um, since the lockdown, you've not been able to do your show days, but you've gone on some long form um, interviews, which have been really good the last yeah, I really enjoyed the show memes one. He's such an interesting guy. I've not had the chance to talk to him or see him live, but I've heard that. I didn't realise he started off as a memes, like a Facebook meme guy and then went into wrestling. I thought that show, uh, wrestling memes would be a great way of getting <laughs> it's crazy followers on Twitter. How, <laughs> how everybody's journey is so wildly different. Yes, definitely. That's why I, I can ask the same... I, I basically ask the same six questions start an interview because you never get the same answers they always go from your favorite wrestler to your first match yeah yeah and, and, um and, and so, sometimes that bit only lasts five minutes but sometimes it lasts like, most of the show because it's, it's so interesting that bit of the show. i just want to know why you want to wrestle what, what mindset you get you get into wrestling stuff <laughs> but you get back to your so, interviews <laughs> it's um it's so strange that like one of wrestling's biggest assets and one of its biggest problems is that it doesn't stop. No. Like, like, so I, I stepped down as a promoter. I was running Sacrifice Pro uh, and I stepped down as promoter in December to hand it over mm. to Jack Cave because uh, I wanted to focus on my own wrestling career. Um, and it's worked out as a great trade because I've worked on the Jack Cave as a promoter before and he's brilliant um, and it's given me so much more time, which is great. Little did I know that I would be soon getting infinite time in lockdown. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the thing with, with like even promoting shows, wrestling shows, as soon as a show is over, boom, 29 days until the next show. The yes. clock restarts immediately. Um, same with podcasts. As soon as you put one out, boom, when's the next podcast? Fuck. Okay. You know, the clock starts again. You know, you get banged yes. up at a show and you're like, oh, thank God it's over. I can go home and rest. Boom, 
five days. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, but part of me thinks maybe wrestling needs a one month, two month break every year, like the Premier League does. I think when we come back to wrestling, whenever we go back to life after lockdown, mm. everyone will be hopefully, uh, healthier in terms of like injuries would have time to heal up. But on the flip side, everyone might be a bit more ring rustier. So you might not see as many, you know, 450 Canadian, you know, all those crazy stuff. But then again, yes. we've missed wrestling so much. Maybe we don't need it straight away. So how, how have you found going from these, like, five to ten minute interviews to these full form 90 minutes? So I um, I love the YouTube series Hot Ones. I don't know if you've seen it. No. Hot Ones so. is... Um, so it's a show where this guy called Sean Evans, he sits down with a celebrity and he asks them questions while they eat really hot wings. <laughs> he lines up yeah. 10 hot yes. wings. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, I've not seen it, but I've heard about it. He's got, um, and they go up in like, like heat or spiciness. And on the screen, it has the name of the brand and then it says like their Scoville level. So he starts at like 2000 Scoville and he ends on like 3 million Scoville and like, <laughs> you just see, Idris Elba like sweating and like you know all these celebrities like drinking milk like their life depends on it but the thing I really love is his research game is nuts right I, I love his research game and oftentimes like I saw the he interviewed Zac Efron the other week and he said he asks him a question and Efron goes who told you that did I tell you that and the guy's like today <laughs> when did you hey when did you tell me that um <laughs> And there's so many things that I learn in these interviews by yeah. his questions, not even their fucking answers, just by their questions. So the couple of people that I've interviewed so far, like I, I, I knew I wanted to interview Crowley because, you know, he's a mate and we were talking a lot anyway. And everybody I've interviewed after that has messaged me and been like, hey, can I come on? I'm like, yeah, man. But, but let me interview in like a week and a half. I really want to yes. like, when I go back to your old tweets, I want to find old promo pictures. Like, let me do that research shit first. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I want. That's the the territory I want. In your recent shows, you have asked a pretty interesting question, which I've never really thought of asking anyone. So, but I've never heard your answer to it. So, what did you spend your first wrestling wage on? Oh, okay, good question. <laughs> so, um, if I remember, it was uh, it was a night out in Witherspoons in Leighton Buzzard. Oh. Um, I I'd been working. It was around the time where I first started getting like paid work as a as a videographer. Oh, are we talking? Yeah. Wrestling or we, yeah. If we're talking as a as a filmmaker, then it was Witherspoons. It was going out and like buying drinks for everybody. Just to, yeah. I guess my first actual wrestling wage. Ah, damn. Um, first wrestling wage might have been more often than not. It's probably yes. it's probably a services because. Like I've introduced my girlfriend to this recently. When you were a, a British professional wrestler, you learn every services. You learn yes. which ones are good. You learn which ones uh, are trash. You learn which ones are good, but only before ten p.m. <laughs> <laughs> the number of shows where we're like, I've had a great time, but I've been looking at the clock and I'm like, right, well, if I drive sixty miles an hour up until this point, it'll definitely be open. Um, <laughs> so it's, that money more than likely went to the Watford Gap. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so some of your recent interviewees have sent in some questions. Kyle so um, oh, Kingsley, you want me to ask about how you developed your thoughts behind some of your unique promo style? Okay. Um, I think every promo needs some sort of hook. It needs something that makes it special. I remember yes. when I used to do like, I used to do like sketch comedy and stuff, like more like jackass kind of stuff when I was a kid. And yeah. I had like a little intro for it. And I asked somebody if they'd seen like episode five or whatever that I'd made. And they went, oh, yeah. Oh, I thought that was the other one. Basically, they'd seen the intro. But because, you know, my intro was 12 seconds or whatever, they thought they'd seen that episode and had skipped past it. So it got me quite wise to learning about Internet culture. And, and you know, within what was that stat I learned? Within 30 seconds of your online video, 80 percent of your audience has tuned out. Yes. That tells me that, okay, well, my first five seconds will buy my first 20 seconds. Those 20 seconds might buy me the first minute and et cetera and et cetera. 
So if you look back at all of my promos, you can bracket each one as to why they stood out. So uh, one of my favorite ones was the one I did against RJ Singh. That one is all about choosing a word theme. So I said stuff like, uh, so everyone says RJ Singh, Singh is king, right? Okay, so I made a reference to Stephen King. I made a reference to the Lion King. I made a reference to the the King of the North. Mm. That was all. That was a wordplay. So I started off writing that one as like, right, right. RJ Singh, Singh is king. Cool. And then I went wrote every King fucking reference. King Slayer, King of the North, uh, King on a chessboard. You know, loads that I ended up not even using. So that was yes. a word, <laughs> wordplay one. Others can start with. For example, like if you go to Reddit and you get a shower thoughts, there's one that was like, uh, people think there's no life after death. Of course, there's life after death. You're just not here to see it. Yeah. So, you know, I used that as a, that was just a, you know, that was a shower thought. So I used that and expanded that. And I did use that for a promo against a friend who'd retired and was coming out of retirement to wrestle me. So I was like, okay, there's, there's our jumping off point. The one I did that was an open challenge, which was my big one really, really early on. Um, according to a French study this week, more, uh, the number one death, uh, the number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. That means if you go to a funeral, most people would rather be in the casket than writing the eulogy. So that, yes. was, that was just a statistic. And then I used that to be like, okay, well, that's the stat. Now I'll go into... Why am I not like that? Or why am I like that? Well, I'd rather be writing the eulogy because I'm a fucking talker because I'm going to beat your ass. You know, other ones might be more aesthetically based. So I might have a really gorgeous location, like a nice abandoned warehouse or a, one of them might be an editing one. So I, I try not to splooge them all on. It's very seldom, unless it's a massive opponent or a massive occasion, that I will have wordplay, a stat, I'll have match footage over the top. Because a lot of them won't have match footage. I'll save match footage one for one particular one. Yes. Some of them might have like color effects and stuff going over the top. Others, I will say, excuse me. Uh, others, I will say, uh, what do I want to be influenced by? So, I might take an influence from pop culture. I might do a really early on. I, I did a team mad Mad Max promo. So I talked about taking somebody down the Fury Road and. You know, had metaphors and, and things that are similar to that. So that later on when people go, oh, I saw that promo. Which promo? The Mad Max one. They can word that into one. Yes. So, um, yeah, a lot of different philosophies, a lot of different schools of thought, I guess. The next one isn't as thought-provoking. <laughs> it's, it's Tommy Tommy Kyle. That's the one. What's your favourite favorite flavour of Walker's crisps and why is it not roast beef and Yorkshire pudding? <laughs> Did you say and Yorkshire pudding? Yes, I've never heard of this flavour. It's not no a flavour. I thought it was just roast beef. Oh man, that's a game changer. I'm heading out to the shops after this. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> my favourite flavour of standard Walker's crisps would yes. be prawn cocktail. I like a bit of prawn cocktail. Oh, yes. I like the big flavoured ones, so it's Prince Prawn Cocktail, cheese and onion. So, yeah. I'm a real popcorn guy. I'm a, I'm a popcorn guy. Yes, I saw that on the Happy Hour, Happy Hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like, I like popcorn. I like, I like the sweet and salty when they mix it together in the same packet. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer it rather than just have one or the other. <laughs> Mr. Charles Crowley okay. says, how do you sleep at night knowing you're walking straight out of lockdown into it? Lose the streak because in your first match back is against Charles Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good question. Um, one I will answer in my own time on my own channel. High <laughs> production and maybe maybe some sort of uh, some sort of word theme. Fucking. <laughs> Where can listeners find your podcast? Um. So you can find me and any of my stuff at Malone Hustle on any form of social media. The podcast is called The Show Day with Hustle Malone podcast. Again, I'm pretty sure if you type in Hustle Malone on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want, you'll be able to find it. Yeah, I'll put all links in the description below the interview. Attention passengers, this is your captain, Tommy Kyle, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. 
Okay, so if you're a promoter for a day, promoting a show which I've called Do You Hate Me Now? Um, so using wrestlers you've either worked with, trained with, some wrestlers that has an association with you, I'll give you a match type, and if you tell me who you'll put in that match. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, so who will be in your opening contest to excite the crowd? Um, first guy would be uh, L. Jeff. He wrestles yes. Sacrifice Pro, and the guy is just like, the guy is a bolt of energy. Um, I dare anyone to sit on their hands with Jeff. And in there against him, I will put Caius Payne, who uh, used to be a down south guy and now is a, like a Manchester area kind of guy. And the guy's yeah. a fantastic, fantastic heel and, um, and a mental case. Uh, who'll be in your comedy match? Uh, can I choose L. Jeff again? No, okay. <laughs> um, comedy match. Uh, oh, real easy. I'm choosing. Oh, what hardcore matches? Do you... Is there a hardcore match later? Yes. Ah, okay. In my comedy match, I'm choosing Kyle Kingsley because <laughs> as much as he is. Kingsley, you can put anywhere. Kingsley's like Chris Jericho in WWE. Put him in the IC, put him in the tags. Um, but Kingsley has fantastic comic timing, and whether he's the serious guy or whether he's the funny guy, he's great. Mm. Um, another comedy guy. That, put... that um, Lego bat match he had with Jack Cave. I've, I've watched that a couple of times. It's really funny. <laughs> those two are those two are magic those two are very much magic I, I was going to say Jack Cave but I I want to save him uh, save him for later oh there you go I've got it right so um, in there with with Carl Kingsley I'm choosing the king of the dick kick Morgan Black <laughs> can I just say one of my favourite matches ever in, in British wrestling right it was yeah. a, a hateful eight for sacrifice it was an eight man scramble and it was all comedy wrestlers. So it was like Chuck Mambo, um, Morgan Black, uh, but like all, all, all eight were comedy. And there yeah. was a bit where Morgan Black points to the sound desk, um, 24 karat magic plays, and he kicks every competitor in the dick. <laughs> and the bit, the one that really fucking got me is Chuck Mambo did a springboard and he, and Morgan Black did the splits and just raised his fist. And wow. it landed on it, and it was like I was behind the curtain, just like clapping like crazy. <laughs> some... right, what's about your women's match? Women's match, I would say, arguably the most talented women's wrestler in the country is Bobby Tyler. Um, yes, she's put in some crazy work in Japan, and she needs to be more recognised here. Um, so yeah, I I definitely say Bobby Tyler. She like carried the IPW women's division for like. Forever, like five ever. So, is that um, the one you had a you had a, was it a pound land match against? Us? Oh yeah, I had a pound land death yeah. match with Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, all weapons from Poundland. That was great. That was really fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd say Bobby and uh, let's have a think now. See, my my gut instinct is to choose uh, the bane of my existence, Jade. Uh, yes. <laughs> I fight every urge to, to, to recommend Jade for anything. But um, Bobby and Jade started off together. And yeah. Like, I think I, I think I saw their first match against each other, or I think they, like, if not their first match, then their second match ever. And every now and again, I think I just like seeing them wrestle because, don't get me wrong, I'm in no way fucking a veteran to them, in not in any fucking shape or form. And in no way responsible for any of the hard work that they put in on themselves. But as a friend, I feel really proud when I watch them wrestle every now and again and be like, look how far they've come. Look how fucking great they're doing now. So, uh, yeah. Oh, actually, I'm going to add one more person just because I really enjoy their work, just to spice it up. Yeah. Um, I've wrestled Giselle Shaw a few times and she's fucking great. Um, she, I, I've worked her a few times, I think twice at Good uh, in Milton Keynes. Yeah. And yeah, she's fantastic. Um, so athletic, such a, a very clean, beautiful move set, and uh, and yeah, I really rate Giselle's work. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, Jade's come on so much since I think the last three years since I first saw her. It's amazing how she, how she just controls a room. I mean, if she could just stop joining every faction in the country, that would. Be <laughs> but 
But who am I to be salty about that? No. <laughs> she's, she's, the, she's the only wrestler that's not my girlfriend owns as a trade. So. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, then it's your hardcore stroke extreme rules match. So. Oh, hardcore match. Okay. Um, I'm going to make that a tag match between the Reckless Old Utes, which is Jack Cave and Tim Lee. Yes. Who are kind of deathmatch experts and uh so my girlfriend brought a couple of her mates to the uh deathmatch between tim lee and, and jack cave he, she brought her mates because it was now in our hometown where we now live and i was wrestling bobby on that show so i wrestled earlier in the night wrestled bobby we had a great time later in the night i come out and i'm just like chilling in the crowd and the deathmatch happens and the deathmatch is like at one point, they had a board full of like plastic forks sticking, oh, and then like light tubes and thumbtacks and Lego and everything else. And I spent the whole show or the whole match not looking at the ring and looking at their faces, just absolutely fucking horrified. <laughs> oh. like one of them was like, "I've got a couple of questions." I was like, "Okay," and they were like, "Okay, first question: Why?" <laughs> I was like, "That's a very, that's a very valid question, love." Um. So the first team is, yeah, I would say Tim Lee and Jack Cave. If you go oh. back to your podcast, Tim Lee is one of the most entertaining people to appear on it. Just keep popping up, doesn't he? Just, just yeah. <laughs> like he's been. I, mean, I, really, I really want to see him live now. <laughs> so I've not seen him live. Before. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, man! Like, uh, oh, I think their match together. I don't know if you've seen that online, but their hardcore no. match, death match together, is on on our Facebook page. I'll look that up as soon as I finish too. Yeah. That is one horrifying watch to to watch. Okay, <laughs> maybe when Rachel is the ring. To like, <laughs> I stepped in the in the ring to like lift somebody's hand after the match, and my boots were just like drenched in thumbtacks, and I was like, I just stood oh. do anything. Uh, <laughs> I would choose. To, oh, do you know what? I would choose those two on on one side, and then on the other side, I would choose Joe FX. Oh, I would choose Joe oh. FX. Uh, Big Joe. Um, yes, and Dr. Leonardo Darwin. I know they they don't team a lot anymore, but they used yes. to, and they can do the deathmatch stuff. They're, they've also got they can entertain as well. They're not just deathmatch wrestlers, as a lot of deathmatch wrestlers aren't. But yeah. those two are super entertaining. Uh, Leo Darwin used to do so many great YouTube videos and, and character videos, and he was hilarious. So yeah, that'd be a blinding match. Yeah, and I like I like both of them. Um... An intergender match? You got to put yourself in this one. Or? Um, huh, let's have a think. No, no, I'm I'm saving my match just in case. Yeah. What I think about it. <laughs> um, hmm, an intergender match. I would choose. Oh, okay, boom. I would choose Alexander Hyde. Um, yes. The big Northern Irish beast and mm. Millie McKenzie. Wow. <laughs> uh, I because th- she would throw him around and he would bump and. He is not a very... He wouldn't go easy on anybody. Uh, so no. I would love to see that. That'd be blinding. Cool. So we've got two matches left. Are you going to put yourself in the tag team match or uh, main events? Um, of course I'm going to the main event. Straight to the main. Uh, cool. The main video. Okay, so we'll do a tag team title match. Tag team title match. Uh, let's have a think here. Uh, which, okay, tag team. I don't know if they team that much anymore, but for my money, one of the best tag teams in the country is Experiment in Terror. Elijah and LK Mezinger. Oh wow! Yeah. Those, oh man, like they came to sacrifice. Um, when I was running it, I was like, "Look, because you're far away and expenses are kind of, you know, your expenses are going to be quite high because you're coming from fucking Wales." Yeah. <laughs> get you in all the time, so we've got to plan it like six months in advance, and we can like save a bit here and, and do it. And they came in and just really casually had like match of the year. <laughs> and oh, then wow. like, next year we're like right well we well, we have to get you back and then just came in and just did it again just like real easy match of the year no problems and um, they came back and they went I think we went two minutes over and I went I don't give a fuck mate <laughs> everyone can go home <laughs> um, so yeah those two for sure a tag team to face them hmm uh, who could really take them to the limit who do I really like who would work with their style? I think that's part of it as well. Um, see, I can think of loads of tag teams. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody right for them. Yeah. Do you know what I? Th- these are actually. I think they faced once at uh, 
True. Ooh. Does it have to be an exclusively like? It's your card. You can do whatever you want. My card. Fucking wicked. Right. <laughs> tag teams of the last few years who don't tag anymore, and I don't think can tag anymore, uh, for a very short period in Hope Wrestling, Cara Noir and Kip Sabian tagged together. Oh wow! And they did this great thing where Kip would come out and do his entrance first, then Cara would come out, Kip would sneak away. And then as Kara would do the thing where his wings go crazy, Kip would lie in the ring underneath him and vape upwards. Yeah. And it would provide smoke for his entrance. (laughs) Um, Let alone the fact that they're both incredible and you can't really book a card without booking Kara Noir on it because he's amazing. Um, But yeah, uh, those two have... The one guy who um, NXT UK doesn't side... Part noir on the Indies at the moment. I can't imagine him saying yes to. I mean, and this is I. This is no indication for him. This is just my guess. Yeah. I can't imagine him saying yes to something that didn't match him creatively. He is such an artist. Like if he turned up to them and they were like, "Right, you here's a pair of blue shorts. You're going to be fucking John Smith tomorrow." He would be like, "Cool, I'm going home." <laughs> I don't yeah, think him. he he isn't doing. Let's be honest. Look at the guy. He isn't doing this for the money. He no. loves it and he needs to be fulfilled creatively. So um, honestly, I I hope he does get signed. More people will watch because like, why wouldn't you watch? Fucking, he's different to anything else that they've got. Um, I think they need more. And I, I sometimes I think of that, right? I think like I watch like, like NXT UK, and I think right, everybody they have is like ninety percent of those guys are like. Their gimmick is, hi, I'm John and I'm a wrestler, or like, mm-hmm. I'm a bruiser and I'm a wrestler, or like, I'm tough and I'm a wrestler. Like, sometimes I think about my own character and I think, okay, is my character too outlandish? But then again, I think, right, if NXT UK signed Bray Wyatt now, would they just make him be called John and make him be a wrestler? Or does mm-hmm. being Bray Wyatt make him stand out? Um, so I think, yeah, if they ever signed a guy like Cara Noir, I think they would know exactly what they were doing. I think that, I don't know if you've ever heard, um, what was his name? Uh, Sammy Callahan was on Cole Cabana's podcast. Yes, I've interviewed him. Yep. And, uh, he said, so Cabana was like, you only worked there NXT for a little while and then you, you know, you did a gimmick for a little bit and you left. Like, what happened? And he went, basically, I thought I was being a good little employee and just saying yes to everything they suggested. But really, I should have been stubborn and yes. I should have been like, well, this is my fucking gimmick that I came in with. You signed me because this is me, right? Like, Kevin Owens stayed who he was. Finn Balor stayed who he was. Kenta stayed who he was, you know? And all these guys were like, okay, they got over by being that. Uh, he said, you know, if anything, if I was to do it all again, I would just stick to my guns. And I think that that's what... Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get the Solomon Crow gimmick. Not Solomon Crow, was it? Was it Solomon Crow, wasn't it? So, was that? Yeah, I think it was. Was it? Yeah, Solomon Crow, yeah. Yeah, it was just a hacker. I was like, well, if he's a hacker, why is it? And you know, on SmackDown again, yeah, it, it's very much a like, here is your gimmick. And yeah. I think Sammy Callahan's such a badass. Like, I think if he'd had spoken up and believed in himself, that would Obviously. have been over anyway. He's killing it in uh, impact at the moment. So, <laughs> him and Tessa Blanchard, that was my feud of last year. Big problem. Was brilliant. Yeah. Right, that leaves you of your main event. So. Uh, I've already given you the spoiler for this one. It's me and T-Bone, right? Yes. With the, <laughs> me and T-Bone. All tombstones are banned. And pile drivers. <laughs> Off with you. No dice. And he's got to lose like 20 stones so he's my size. And, and it's fair. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, that's um, that's one I'm... I'm really one more behind, behind as well. Or, or if contracts be and he can't do it, I want Madman Manson. Because that's... Yeah. I feel like that's equally less likely to happen, but I still want it. Uh, Madman Manson once actually. Uh, yeah. Like places like Hope do the the Kings of Flight, and places do cruiserweight tournaments and heavyweight tournaments. And I had a seminar with Madman Manson, and I said like, "Is it possible to do a comedy tournament, or would it get too samey?" And he went, "Well, you could do it, but you couldn't call it like you couldn't call it like the best comedy wrestlers or king of comedy because like there'll be people in America you can't you'll never truly get everywhere everyone." Like if 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 Hope do Kings of Flight, you're never going to get Ricochet or Rey Mysterio, so you can't call it that. Yeah. And I, what about the Madman Manson Memorial Tournament? 
And he was like, <laughs> yes. And then my casket could be in the entrance way, and then I'll be in the tournament, and I'll just get out the casket, wrestle my match, and get back in. <laughs> it's fucking money. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, if they did yeah, a proper cinematic, how does it be WWE? I don't think at the moment it could be amazing. Lots of back step, backstage slapstick. Anything, anything with him would be amazing. <laughs> right, so, this is where I'd usually ask where can people see you in the near future, but. <laughs> um, well, no, you can see me on my Facebook page, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, at Malone Hustle. Uh, like I said, I'm producing everything uh, MVs, full matches, podcasts promos behind the scenes the whole lot um some people might see lockdown and vacation but it ain't for me can you give you a sneak peek of what's coming up on your podcast Um, i need to line some some interviews up actually i haven't been thinking too much about that but i can tell you that my next promo is for future wrestling and my one after that is the big one with charles crowley so um heads coming off uh big promos are coming I'm really looking forward to your future. I've really enjoyed listening to your interviews over the last couple of weeks. So, but I'm not listening to as many podcasts. So I thought I'd sit at home at work and I'd have loads time for interviews. But I've got the kids coming in every two minutes, so I need to do stuff. <laughs> so I've, got, I've gone from like having like eight hours a day sitting in work, listening to podcasts, to I'm barely listening to anything. So it's totally like yeah, I'm used to listening to it like either driving or in the gym, and now mm-hmm. neither of those like I don't fucking drive anywhere, so. Usually, I, walk, I walk to work, it's 40 minutes there and back, and then my boss, as long as you're just doing your work, just let you put your earphones in, so yeah. literally listen to it from 8 o'clock till 6 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> On the plus side. I would, I would have binged everything. Yeah. When we go back to normal, you'll have loads there. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to promote your Swift Media again before we go? Yep, at Malone Hustle on everything. Uh, check out, I'm, I'm on YouTube as well, again, with full matches against people like uh, my match with Cara Noir is out this week. Chris Tyler, Martin Kirby, loads of full matches, full MV, wow. promos, the whole lot. It's all there at Malone Hustle. Cool. So I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future and you're back wrestling and stuff. <laughs> Much appreciated, Chris. Thank you for having me, brother. <laughs>